0: footballers dfs podcast coming to you from pristineauction.com studios with your hosts jake seeley chris meanie and joe holka
1: welcome foot clan no no chris Meeny this week it is only myself and joe holka so screw that canadian guy we're gonna get things done this week without him right joe
0: yeah, I mean, it's just uh, so he, he seems like he's always on the move, man. He he was in Canada for a little bit. I mean, he's always in, always in Canada. He was in Vegas for a little bit. Bails yeah. on us, uh, bails on us this week. I mean, maybe we're just. I mean, it's week eleven. And we we're just talking about it. Like this grind is is real at this point. But uh, Chris is doing all this fun stuff, man. Maybe we should get out there and do a little bit more things and like actually leave the house a little bit.
1: More. I've told him before. He is the most traveling dude I know. In the business, like he he talks about how much his workload is crazy and everything. This is why because he goes to Vegas and then he goes to Arizona for some golf thing, and then somebody else is getting married. I think he knows like 7,000 people because every time I turn around, it's like, oh, this person's getting married, this person's getting married, this person's getting like, stop traveling, dude. That's why you have no time.
0: Popular guy, man. He's just got to be in all these weddings. He's probably in all of them. He's probably, he seems like he's that guy that's just like always the best man, too. He's probably just like traveling around the world, like, just doing his life. Oh, see,
1: no. I was gonna go different. I, I agree yeah. with you in all the weddings. I think he's that second guy. Like he's never the best man. He's always like the first groomsman, which because he's friends with so many people, but he only has like his one best friend. And that wedding already happened.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, but realistically, he's the one that's that's doing a little better than us. I, I think honestly, this part part of the season, like it's such a mental like game, even in DFS, like we have, we have to keep getting keep getting better. It's week 11. We have a lot of time left. Uh, A lot of time left to lose money if we don't uh, reel some things in, Uh, but a lot of times to kind of turn it around too, if you've had kind of a rough start. So it's, it's kind of like a fresh slate. We got like 10 more weeks of this now. I mean, obviously going to go right up through playoffs and stuff. So a halfway point for me.
1: Yeah, it's it's common, And if you're playing hockey, if you're doing anything, also, if you want to read all the articles, I know Chris still has his. I have mine over the DFS pass. You put in the code podcast, you get 10% off for the footballers over there. And I mean, we might as well just jump right into it. You talk about cash and I think there's, you know what? There's going to be two big names. So let's get right into it because... Straight cash, homie. That's what we want to talk about is straight cash. So before we get to your guy, you already know what I'm going to talk about? Come on. No, no. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I never bring up. Never any show ever brought up. But before we get to Christian McCaffrey, Brian Hill, Free Square, is it that? Do we really need to overthink this? Probably not. Um, and, and what stands out to me right away, in
0: particular on DraftKings, is how tight the pricing is again. Last week, it was uh, really tough to build uh, lineups unless you found some value that you like. So running back kind of opened up a little bit. We got the Damian Williams news last week late. Uh, but this week, it seems like it might be another week where we need to find at least one running back slot, as much as it pains me to say that, um, to pay down for a little bit of volume. So Brian Hill is the one that, that stands out to me. 4,800 on DraftKings, 5,900. On FanDuel, Um, 18.9 touches is what I have him projected at right now, which seems relatively solid. He's someone that is active a little bit in the passing game. Um, In college, he was someone that was kind of a a bell cow back, so I think he can handle it. Um, It is Carolina. We know we can run on Carolina, right? Worst team in the league at defending the run. They're definitely a lot stronger at defending running backs in the passing game, but At 4,800, the volume should be decent. And it's not that I'm like actively trying to jam in Brian Hill because I love him as a talent. It's just I think we're going to need that savings this week. What do you think about it?
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that, mostly because the most rushing touchdowns given up this year, Panthers 14, it's ridiculous. That's how you beat them, is you just beat them on the ground. Although, this is the week two with no James Bradbury. I mean, I, we'll get to wide receivers, but I just, this is a sneaky feeling I have. I'll save it when we get to wide receivers, but if, to your point, the thing about Brian Hill and now for seasonal to tie it into this whole situation, my only concern with Brian Hill is, as you said, the passing game. Mildly involved. Uh, if you're looking at Brian Hill as a talent, big guy, faster than you think, actually very similar. Right behind him is Koji Olson, who that's why I'm not worried that Olson's going to take too much away from him because they both fill a similar role. But I do think Kenyon barnard gets a little bit involved, and I don't think it's going to be anywhere near Devontae Freeman because we have talked about that before and joked about that he essentially turned into James White this year. My only concern is. Is this a more balanced offense? You talk about the touches. I feel like 90% of those touches are going to have to be running the ball. And if they go past happy, if they fall behind, does he potentially come off the field for Barnard? That's the only downside. But at this price, I think, again, I, I asked the question at the beginning, don't overthink it. I think that's just, that's kind of overthinking it. But I, I, I think that's the cat, that's the only downside to Brian Hill.
0: Yeah, I think we've had we've had weeks where we've had these these free squares, I guess quote unquote. But uh, these guys feel safer to me than Brian Hill. I don't know why I have this weird feeling about Brian Hill. I, I don't think it's like by any means like uh, some of the plays we've had uh, that we're just not going to be involved at all in the passing game. But like some of the things that you're you're saying about your least concerns if he comes off the field, like we, there's some unknown here that, that we really don't know. Um, like the matchup is really good on paper. Um, you're probably trying to bring back. Some uh, someone on Atlanta, because obviously Carolina's in a great spot on the other side of the ball as well. Um, there's uh, a couple wide receiver options that I think are interesting on the Atlanta side too, that are, uh, at least relatively cheap now that Hooper looks like he's going to be out. So I, I don't even know. It, it sounds crazy. Like cash games. Yeah. Brian Hill probably makes sense just to tro- totally get in some of these other guys that are more expensive that you're going to really want. But in tournaments, I think there's other ways you can go uh, for some savings in this game if you wanted to get a little bit different. So, um, that's, that's kind of the key to the slate so far, at least at the beginning of the week, like, what are you going to do with Brian Hill? So I'm with you.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, so on the other side of the ball, look who's there, Christian McCaffrey. There you go. Look, I will say this. If you did, and it wasn't a huge savings, you brought up the point, but if you did pull off of him for Dalvin Cook last week, you might have done a lot better than some people only because it wasn't a bad game for Christian McCaffrey, but those savings, especially if you did what I did and dropped back way back and got... Uh, I'm not even gonna, I'm not here to gloat. This is not what it's been because in our three-man contest, I still finished last. I'm just saying there was an opportunity last week because the price had become so high and restrictive, but against Atlanta, I mean, where are you looking at this, Joe? Because you're the Christian McCaffrey guy. Are you coming off last week and saying, you know what, that's the worst case scenario and he's still kind of worth it? Or did what happened last week make you think, eh, you know what, maybe there is a case to be made?
0: It's a slate by slate thing. So, like last week, it was, uh, it definitely made some sense. If you liked your bill, if you're trying to get up to someone like Michael Thomas, like Godwin was a guy that we really liked that kind of hit his floor, even though he um, saw some decent usage. Like to get those guys in, it was really hard to play Christian McCaffrey. So, a lot of people paid down for Saquon, got burned. Um, Dalvin Cook, thankfully, was on Monday or uh, Sunday Night Football, I believe, last week. So, he wasn't on the main slate at least. So, we didn't have to worry about that. I feel like every time Dalvin Cook's not on the main slate, he just goes completely nuts. And then, uh, we catch his like his Madison and and all these like uh, Abdullah touches uh, when he's on the main slate. So hopefully that doesn't happen again this week. But yeah, Christian McCaffrey at ten five again this week. Like, what price would he have to be at home against Atlanta? Like, if you take out like that, we are kind of like trying to find value on this slate. Like, what would he have to be for you to just like take him completely off your board? Like, I think he's still got to be in there, right? Thirty points as a floor. Like, sign me up for that.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of think that's what you're looking at is the fact that, you know, what was it, 29.1 or something? I'm, I was trying to pull it up on DraftKings last week. Yeah. So if that's the worst case, but of course you're going to look at it. It's a little bit about two and a half times, almost three times value. And how much are you going to complain about two and a half, three times value? I think the only difference was, you know, this is so I, I'll ask you this more as a roster construction question, because the best lineup I had on DraftKings was around 200 points. I pulled off McCaffrey. Now, it was down to Le'Veon Bell, who only had 16.8. But the difference is because I was able to smash at basically Lamar Jackson and then Tate, Kirk, who were both savings at the same time, but then have the wide receiver upside, have it with... Lamar Jackson have it at tight end every basically it got spread out everywhere else and that was why I was able to hit where if I put that lineup together Christian McCaffrey I probably miss him well I do miss a Lamar Jackson by other spots so I guess that's the bigger question here is is it that big of a like it doesn't need to be a roster overhaul if you're not going to pay for Christian McCaffrey because I feel like if you're only doing it for one or two players to kind of answer your question with a question like I feel like that's where the people make the mistakes. If you're overhauling the entire roster, yes, but if you're only making two swaps, it almost doesn't seem to make sense.
0: Yeah, like that—that's the thing. Like roster construction is going to be different every week, and you really need to try and walk through like what are you giving up in order to get up to Christian McCaffrey at ten five. Like last week, there was, uh, I guess, worse plays at running back in my opinion um, than we've had in quite some time. Like we had some question marks with Kamara and his his usage. I mean, he still kind of caught his four, caught nine balls, I think, in that game. So. Um, these guys in in the mid range, like Chubb, Mac, like, uh, Derek Henry, these guys that go completely ham. Like, so if you ended up on one of those guys, instead of like the Christian McCaffrey roster construction, obviously you did fine. I I would, I guess, uh, implore people to not get too caught up in this wide receiver upside that happens because like the, they're always going to have more of an upside than these running backs typically. And, uh, the floor is definitely much lower in my opinion. So like last week, we had all these guys that that did extremely well. Tyree Kill, Michael Thomas, like at the top end. Like if you had one of those guys, you feel really good about it because your roster construction probably led you to someone in the mid range. And if you land on Christian Kirk, like Yahtzee at that point, right? We did have some <laughs> options to to pay down for at tight end as well. So like in a slate where like you can get in Christian McCaffrey and you still like some of the cheaper options, I still think that he's. He's going to give you the best chance to hit that floor ceiling combo. Like, again, Chris McCaffrey could have scored again in this game. Let's not forget he was stopped at the one yard line. Like, maybe he was in, maybe he wasn't in. Um, I think still people, if they're going to overthink this one against Atlanta, uh, I I think that I have no problem building around him again, unsurprisingly, I guess. All
1: right. So then who else are you looking at here? Because, you know what? I'm going to throw one at you. You love to hate on this guy, and I love to love on this guy, but there's an opportunity here. Like, I didn't love him last week. Well, also there was a different slate, but the fact is no Matt Breida. Are you, can I get you in on Tevin Coleman this time? Now, can I get you with Tevin Coleman?
0: His price is pretty nice, man. 6,100. It is Arizona, all of that. Um, I'm more in on Tevin Coleman now that we know Breida's out and whatnot. Um, So I think that his price is at a spot where on this slate, like, so in that range, you're looking at guys like Marlon Mack at 6,400 paying up a little bit. For Josh Jacobs, uh, maybe Devin Singletary in that range. I think Coleman is probably the top play out of all those guys. Um, their implied total almost at twenty nine points against Arizona. There's going to be a ton of plays. Um, again, he's not going to have that ceiling when it comes to um, his usage through the passing game. But I mean, I, I think the usage here should be should be good for that price. So I, I'm in on that. They're a pretty large home favorite. Um, I think that that's one that we could. We could lean on. Do um, you think that Tevin Coleman's going to be super popular in that range? Like, I think it's going to be hard to get to that mid range at running back, especially um, if we want to pay up for someone like Cooker McCaffrey and then some of these wide receiver plays as well. So, like, I guess I haven't built a roster with Coleman yet. I guess I'll say that.
1: I, I'll say this I'm legitimately shocked he's not because Tevin Coleman's had a pretty decent ownership this year in general. And now with no Matt Breida, and what are they doing? They're facing the car. Like, I'm shocked. He's now he's inside the top 10 by one spot. I don't, I don't get it. Like there's a lot of names in front of them. And maybe to your point, I think part of it might be he's getting skewed by DraftKings versus FanDuel because his FanDuel pricing is a lot weaker at 6,700. I, I just, right. I don't see how you don't plug him in for that. So maybe that's why when you combine both sites, but I mean, right immediately in front of him for 1800 more is one of your favorite picks is Leonard Fournette because of volume. But I mean, you're going to tell me Leonard Fournette versus Tevin Coleman they're both very similar in the fact that if you're going to give me 20 touches, we know the majority of them are going to be rushing, not even passing that much. Why would you? I just, I don't get it. Why would you go Leonard Fournette against Indianapolis over Tevin Coleman against Arizona with the $1,800 savings? S-
0: surprisingly, I'm, I'm with you here. Like uh, Lenny's someone that yeah. I've, had, I've, I've had a lot of uh, this year, obviously, $7,900. i am actually, I have a lot of pace concerns in this game. Like, I, I don't see them just like, coming out and slinging the ball around with uh, Nick Foles and his first game back, like both these teams play at an extremely slow pace. Like the team total is really low. They're on the road. Um, Indy's been the second best team in the entire league at defending running backs in the passing game. So yeah, like this doesn't seem like the ceiling game for, for four which probably means this is the, the game where he gets three touchdowns finally. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think the volume should be there. Um, I have no issues with Leonard Fournette at 7,900, but like you said, like that's a, a tougher price tag to get to on this slate when we do have um, some guys like for significantly cheaper for not much less of a, I guess, an expectation on the ground. Like Tevin Coleman, four, touch, or four uh, targets in each of the last two games as well. Uh, not as much work on the ground, but now that Breda's out, like um, I'm, I'm more in on Coleman than I've ever been. Are you happy?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm a little bit happy. I'm smiling inside and outside, as people can see. All right, here's a question for you. Here's one. I want to bring him up. Specifically on FanDuel, he is $100 cheaper than uh, Tevin Coleman. And where is he? He's 5500 on DraftKings. They. I'll give you a hint. The team got obliterated last week, and he still got 30 carries. Like I've never rec-
0: seen anything like that. Have you seen anything like that before? They no, were getting just destroyed no. and they just kept feeding in the ball. It made no sense.
1: So but. is he on our radar now? I mean, oh, I kind of feel like you almost have to, if you're going to tell me 30, forget carries, If you're going to tell me 25 touches at that price. He, that would like, if you said, forget the team name, let's just say, Hey, you have a top 15 talent running back. He's getting 25 touches. End of story. You're putting them in your lineup when you're talking about a price of 5500 and
0: 6600 Man, I, I just, mentally, like, it's so hard to, like, just plug in a running back that's a double-digit uh, road underdog. Like, I get that. Yeah, maybe he, he's going to be getting the touches. Like, the matchup's fine. Like, I mean, Oakland's been horrific at defending running backs in the passing game a decent amount. It's just like, I don't know if I can really. Uh, I guess put some good hard-earned American dollars behind uh, a Cincinnati running back right now like you would have gotten there on volume last week but but I'm seeing a lot of red right now just like looking at my spreadsheet like I I just I don't know it's probably probably not for me especially now that we have Brian Hill for significantly cheaper that's probably going to be the route that I go
1: Oh, you could get both of them
0: yeah i can't remember the last time i paid down for multiple multiple running backs i guess uh, last week it probably would have worked unless you ended up on montgomery uh but yeah oh, like it better it can, work this can, week it, it might i mean I, again like it's hard to build lineups and this is like what happens kind of like towards the middle and end of the season too like pricing gets so much more efficient and like we're gonna be talking about some really cheap defenses some really cheap tight ends because there's yes. no possible way to get to some of these wide receivers and running backs unless you pay down and at quarterback too like like we might have to really dumpster dive for some of those, so it's it's an interesting week. So these guys are probably um, at least in play if you're you're rolling out a, a lot of uh, a lot of lineups. But I guess uh, Joe Mixon, there's there's a lot of wrinkles there that I would just tend to avoid typically.
1: Yeah, so I, I do have him on one side and not the other. So I'll, there's a little sneak preview for it. But on the other side of the ball, my boy Josh Jacobs. I mean, he's kind of. I mean, that's not even. A, it's weird. He's not a pay down. He's not a pay up. Yeah, but he's just amazing. Like how Josh Jacobs, I don't get, I'm, I'm confused here. I mean, I'm also confused. The fact that Josh Jacobs isn't even the number one or number two projected ownership because the number one and number two is Brian Hill and your boy, Christian McCaffrey. I'm surprised what- Christian McCaffrey's still number two.
0: I'm not. He's like the goat. You watched him at all this year? Uh, oh, no, Josh, I've actually
1: never. I haven't watched a single game. He, this
0: he, year. He, he hasn't been. He hasn't been on red zone once. I don't think the entire season. No, uh, no, man. Never. Josh Jacobs. I don't I don't share the Josh Jacobs love that you do. I think that like I, I, he's he's like the, the the type of guy that I struggle with. Right. Like he's he's very inconsistent in the passing game. Like he's never going to see elite volume in the passing game. He saw 16 carries in the last game, but he just scores touchdowns and gets there somehow. So like his price is probably still at a really decent spot it is against Cincinnati. Like he's probably going to get what, like 24, 22 touches in this game. Like not much through the air, but I don't know. Yeah. He's probably uh, a good value like him versus Leonard Fournette for one K more. It's a little bit of a a different conversation. I think that, I think that like against Cincinnati in the spot, Josh Jacobs, at 6,900 has to be, I'm projected as like the, probably the third, fourth highest owned running back right now. Is that kind of in line with you or is he lower than that?
1: Uh, that's what's yeah. That's the top three. Like I said, is McCaffrey, Hill, and Jacobs. So there you go. Uh, actually, right behind Jacobs is Dalvin Cook, who might as well bring up. I mean, he, I've got him on one side, but not on the other. Uh, Dalvin Cook is, I, I think, on Fanduel is really easy. You're getting a $1,900 savings to drop down to him from Christian McCaffrey. And I love Christian McCaffrey. You love he was. We know you love Christian McCaffrey, but $1,900, you kind of almost have to, don't you?
0: Yeah, I like Dalvin Cook a lot. Um, if it ends up bearing me again with uh the kind of other usages of these other random and like not even just like Madison and Abdullah, but like this Irv Irv Johnson, like these tight end like dump offs like it's like so tilting, but Uh, 154.8 total yards per game over the last four. Um, That's a pretty elite number as far as yards from scrimmage. Um, In in comparison, Christian McCaffrey all the way down at 129, so significantly less yardage that we're getting from Dalvin Cook. He seems like, and I heard someone else mention this earlier in the week, like Dalvin Cook to me is almost like the... The, everything we want to see from Kamara, or what we remember from Kamara, is he's like bouncing off of all these touches or all these uh, these tackles and breaking these massive plays so if you end up underweight on the game where he just goes completely nuclear with those bigger plays like you're really behind especially if you're you're paying up at some of the other positions so I, I love Dalvin Cook at 8900 in comparison to some of the wide receivers that have been priced up a lot um, I, I'd be shocked if I didn't have a significant share of Dalvin this week even and not a great matchup against Denver but they are at home
1: yeah. Well, that's the one way you do be Denver is running the ball. So, and we've seen with no Adam Thielen on top of things. All right. So you, anybody else, are you ready to move to wide receiver?
0: I think that's good for, for cash games. I think that's pretty, I think we covered most of the guys up top that I was looking at.
1: All right. So let's talk about Actually, Wait, uh, nah, that's, that's about everybody. <laughs> I was going to bring out Le'Veon Bell, but we're done with Le'Veon Bell at this point, aren't we? Yeah, We're I done trying. So. Uh,
0: it definitely not in cash games for me. It's just like too much variance, I think. And just, I don't know. I, I think that every time you play him, it just never feels great, right? I think there's <laughs> other options.
1: It doesn't. And hey, you know what? It's We'll talk about the Redskins defense in a little bit. But yeah, wide, wide receiver. Now, this is what I was saying is it, he's a great play in general. He's Julio Jones. There's one game every single year. This feels... To me, hey, this is nothing more than just a gut feeling. And like there's, sometimes your gut's right, and we watch football enough, we analyze football enough that sometimes there's maybe some subconscious reason behind me that I can't put my finger on. But with no James Bradbury, this just kind of feels like one of those 150-yard, two touchdown, 200 yards, two touch. This feels like the Julio Jones-Bananas game.
0: Julio... I have like such a love-hate relationship with this guy. Like I actually do, I mean, comparison, like the price for him right now in comparison to Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas is 9K on Fanduel. He's 9,900 on DraftKings. You get Julio Jones for 7,500 on DK, 78 on Fanduel. That's a huge amount of savings. Um, I'm not sure that the upside is is too much different. Um, like you said, like Julio has these just absolutely crazy games a couple of times a year. I think you'll go broke chasing that just because if you pay up for those games where he doesn't get in the end zone, which seems to happen, quite frequently for, for Julio. Uh, yeah. I think that like, I think he'll go, I don't know if he'll go under own just because this game's going to be super popular. Um, I prefer, I think almost every other Atlanta piece just because they're cheaper, but <laughs> that could just mean that Julio just buries me. And I have like, whether I have Ridley gauge, like one of those guys, uh, uh, yeah, maybe Julio ends up being a little bit of leverage off of Hill as well. So I, I don't hate the call. I don't think he's a cash play, um, by any means, but oh, I uh, If we're just looking. Really, you're, you're playing Julio on cash this week?
1: A hundred percent. Because here's the thing: no Hooper and uh, no Devontae Freeman. I, th- I really like. I think the Devontae Freeman thing is something that's going to be part of the factor here, and maybe Julio gets the treatment that he does. But by who? There's no Bradbury. Like, and I'm not saying Bradbury could shut him down by himself, but Bradbury is an underrated corner that people don't realize. Who, if double teamed with the safety, somebody over the top, whatever the Panthers decided to do. They legitimately right now have nobody on this roster to stop him. I, I would love to get Michael Thomas because for that same reason, the, the, you look at the Buccaneers in that situation. They just got rid of Hargraves. Somebody else, uh, MJ Stewart just got hurt. They have somebody who got hurt in practice yesterday. They like starting backup, backup, backups at corner. So of course, Thomas, but to your point, if you're going to tell me similar situation, similar players, similar talents, and yes, I would take t- every single time I would take Thomas 10 times out of 10, but for this price difference, In this situation, I don't see how he doesn't get double-digit targets unless they somehow end up 14-0 in the first quarter, which, I mean, you could say that about a lot of wide receivers.
0: I mean, it's hard to really poke holes in Julio this week. I mean, he's third on the slate in yards per route run, uh, something that I'm weighing pretty heavily. Uh, His weighted opportunity rating, he's top five in that. Like, I don't know, the price seems like... So in comparison, John Brown, 6,400 on DraftKings. Julio is only 1,100. Go from John Brown to Julio. I don't know, man. I, I'm in on that. I'm warming to the idea. Like, I guess I didn't realize how big the price difference was between him and Michael Crazy. Thomas. Like that, that, that's, that's going to be a big, big uh, amount of money that can help you. Uh, not even, talk,
1: not even that let's talk about, and it's not a huge gap, but Hopkins, both bucks receivers, a Cooper, I mean, he's behind a lot of guys for being yeah. Julio Jones.
0: He just hasn't had the touchdowns this year. Right. And that's like what draw, like Doesn't there's a couple things. Year? Well, there's a couple of things that really drive the pricing, right? It, it's, it's points that are scored and touchdowns are pretty heavy, but also ownership and people don't click on Julio in, in comparison to some of these other guys as much because he, he hasn't had that explosion game yet, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's coming, you know, at some point it's going to happen this year and it hasn't happened yet. So, uh, I, I, I hope he's in your week. fan. I hope he's, I hope he's in your fan lineup because you're, you're I guess, uh, you're making me, uh, rethink my team right now. So he, yeah, oh, I'm, in, he, I'm in on Julio.
1: He is, in both, you want me lineups. He is in
0: both lineups. You got, <laughs> you got me in on Julio and Coleman. Kevin Coleman. Like, this, this, this week is going to be an absolute disaster.
1: Hey, if it was DraftKings last week, no, it would be absolute amazing for you. So you should be happy. If it was FanDuel two weeks ago, you'd also be happy on FanDuel. So it just depends. Maybe I can get them both together this week. All right. That's so good. I gave my top one, my most favorite one. Who's your most favoriteist? My most
0: favoriteist ever wide receiver on the slate. Man, it's it's so tough because like, you want to say Michael Thomas. He's you 9K. Deal. He's against Tampa Bay, like massive pass funnel, like everything that you would look at or care about at wide receivers. I won't even list them off because everything I care about, he's like at least top three in all of these. Um, and I think that th- there's going to be some narrative because like they didn't even throw a touchdown pass last week. Like I, I think that people are getting smarter. They're just like, oh, uh, New Orleans failed last week. Like time to jump back on New Orleans. So um, I actually like that they priced them where they did because I think it's a much tougher decision. If Michael did Thomas was
1: yeah
0: yeah. so like that's the thing like i think if he was anywhere near these other guys michael thomas would be 25 percent owned again this now it, it makes it you have to make the decision so uh, michael thomas is the guy that in theory that you really want to try and get to uh, but it, it's going to be tough I, I don't know if i have a guy um, at the top end um, outside of those two but if we move down a little bit i think this is the dj Moore game 5900 just seems way too cheap on the other side of that atlanta side i think he's one of my favorite plays in this game um, I, I like the idea of the Carolina stack and then bringing it back with one piece of Atlanta. That's kind of what I'm on so far. Uh, but DJ Moore just seems like he, he's kind of primed to have that huge game at some point. Like it's 5,900 top 10 away opportunity against this team that can't defend short passes. Like I, I'm really in on DJ Moore on DraftKings in particular at 5,900 on um, this game environment. Like I, I think that's going to be by far. the the highest pace and just like most popular game probably on the slate, Atlanta and and Carolina. So I think DJ Moore, if I had to like kind of plant my flag one spot for week 11, he'd be the guy.
1: He's number two projected ownership. You want to guess who number one is?
0: Uh, At wide receiver, it's got to be Michael Thomas, right? Are people, I I guess. Yeah, it's got to be. People are just going to jam this guy in.
1: They're paying up for it. God, 99. Do you know what his price was last week, by the way, off the top of your head? On DraftKings?
0: It was, I think it was like 8,200, something like that. You're off right? by 100. was
1: 8,300. It jumped 1,600 in one way. This is just... I have never 80. seen a wide receiver pr- I don't remember the last time I've seen a wide receiver price gap that big between one and two. It almost number- 10K. He's a wide receiver. Are you kidding me? <laughs> And when number two is DeAndre Hopkins, it's not even like number two is like, hey, it's a 16 buy in a bad slate. And number two is you know, like, I don't even know, Julian Edelman or something like that, which by the way, I'm bringing up because what about Julian Edelman? Let's talk Julian Edelman. Let's talk about Julian Edelman versus, I don't know, one of the most exploitable, weakest, awfulest secondaries in the league. And if there's anybody in this game, if there's anybody on this team, you know, Edelman's getting his every single, like he's the one guy he's going to get his every week. Yeah,
0: his his role is just so safe, right? At seventy six hundred, like he's priced right there by Julio. So it feels it feels bad to pay up for for Edelman at times. Like he's a guy that I guess haven't really played a ton of over um, the last little while, just because he seems like he's always priced around this range. And then there's just uh, higher ceiling options in that range if he did get do get up there. His yards per run is significantly lower than some of these other guys we've talked about. But like you said, like against Philly, like th- this might be the spot where Julian Edelman ends up being the play, especially on DraftKings. So I got no issues with that. I guess like there's so many guys we're talking about, we're not gonna be able to play all these guys. There's no chance you're gonna be able to fit like these guys into lineups. and playing all of them. It sounds like you're sounds like you're paying down a running back. So we're gonna be on the op- <laughs> one of us is gonna be rich. One of us is gonna be really poor.
1: After this, one. <laughs> why does it have to? Why can't we just both celebrate? Well, I got a signal no, no, out. It's
0: never going to be anywhere in between. There's no way. <laughs> it's, it's one, never, one of us is going to get buried.
1: It's the, no, it's the no Will chance. Fuller of the world. It's either you smash or you come up goose egg. All right. So where else are you looking at wide receiver? Because I got a few more, but I'm kind of interested. I, I kind of have led a little bit more than you have on that.
0: Oh, I, th- I think that there's if, if we're talking purely cash games like th- those are the guys like, i think if, if you're kind of on the train of we need to pay up like that we already talked about all those guys um I, do you have any interest in debo for san francisco uh, i think that especially if uh we do end up getting emmanuel sanders out i, I know we're, we're still kind of waiting on that final news but debo is someone that i think has a lot of talent like he, we kind of he had his coming out of partying a little bit he's 4k so like i'm, I'm trying to like Find some guys at a cheaper range. I think Debo Samuel, uh, I mentioned Gage before. He's under 4K on DraftKings as well. Like Those are the guys that I think could be potential punts in cash games. But but do you have anyone like on the cheaper side of things that you've been kind of leaning towards at wide receiver? I'm kind of struggling this week on, on the cheaper guys.
1: Oh, well, you're leaving one out, of course. Oh, revenge game. Jamison Crowder. Eh. No, but oh I mean, Jamison, not legitimately Jamison Crowder is Julian Edelman. I mean, he is, he's just, he just plays for the Jets with Sam Darnold, which that could go up belly any given week. So I think if you're going down that far, I'll give you, I'll give you two. Actually, you know what? I'll give you three. How about that? I'll give you Jamison Crowder. I like that. It has nothing to do with the revenge game. I would just like Jamison Crowder in this opportunity against this defense in general, period. And he's the only one that's been consistently targeted by Sam Darnold. The second one, we talk about consistent targets. I can't call it consistent because it's only one game. But Brandon Allen is at least going to throw, Cortland Sutton the ball a lot. And for all intents and purposes, we've talked about Noah Fant before. We'll probably talk about him when we get to the tight end. He's essentially their number two. So it's not even Deshaun Hamilton or Tim Patrick or whoever because... That's Brandon Allen is what he's doing so far. Apparently, he hates Deshaun Hamilton, just like the coach, because he had one game with a bad drop, whatever. Can you tell him better on that one? And then the third, (laughs) this one I really like, like the way that Dak Prescott's playing and the attention that Amari Cooper might get this week. Also, any given week, it just kind of feels like Amari Cooper, are you 100%? Are you ever 100%? But he's going to get the slay treatment. And the number twos against Detroit this year, I just love the number twos. And if you're going to give me Michael Gallup at what, 6,700, and on FanDuel and DraftKings, he's down by 6,500. I know he gets a little bit of ding on DraftKings because of the volume, but I also feel like at, if you're talking about this price range, you're talking about the $6,000 guys. I just, I really like number twos against Detroit.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting one. I hadn't considered him because he feels a little bit overpriced. But yeah, if they end up taking Amari away, maybe he ends up being a decent play in this game. Like, uh, do you think Detroit's going to be able to keep up on the other side? I think that this game could have some pace to it. I have some interest in Detroit and Dallas in that game. I'm just not really sure the exact direction that I want to go yet. I I think that Crowder at 5,700, like, Again, I guess think he's a little bit overpriced as well. So, like, the mid-range doesn't look great to me at wide receiver. Like, at that point, I'm probably just going to jam in the Carolina guys, whether it's Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore. Like, those are the guys that I prefer in that range. Like, maybe Terry McLaurin at lower ownership, which we'll I'm sure we'll talk about at, um, at the tournament the side of things. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't hate – Gallup, like Gallup's a guy that like I I, I like uh, his profile like on most weeks anyway. It seems like he's been priced up to a spot where he's a little bit out of reach for me. But Corlin Sutton's an interesting one a six K. Like I, I think that of the guys you mentioned, he'd be my he'd be my favorite um, third highest weighted opportunity on the slate. Like he is like basically performing like an absolute alpha this season, but just doesn't have much quarterback play behind him. Like that team total is so low. That's like the thing that you'll probably get. Uh, will lead you to uh, significantly lower ownership for sure. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think that there's one guy on Denver outside of, outside of my boy, Noah Fant. Uh, Corwin Sutton's fine. <laughs>
1: All right. So then let me pull back and go to two different things. Back to your Debo Samuel question. So there's two, and I want to bring up somebody we didn't talk about. And I know he's not cash, but, well, I guess I'll save it for tournament. I'm going to ask you about Kenny Drake. Tournament. Okay. Sneak preview. St- spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, so, oh, God. <laughs> to go oh back God. to Debo... I'll ask you this because this is kind of the... Chris isn't here to do the argument, so you might have to do the argument because he's the one that always says, if it's chalk, it's not always a bad thing. I find myself kind of talking myself out of Debo, and I... If people follow me, and, I, and I'm not saying this to be "I told you so," I'm saying this because it's coming from a fan. I'm one of the biggest fans of D- Debo Samuel. In my pre-draft write-up, I said I love everything about the guy. You could go back and look. I said I love everything about the guy except for the fact that I asked him a question at the combine, and he said, "I don't know." That's a good question. Like, how do you say "I don't know"? <laughs> like, just
0: come Give up with something. something.
1: I, you know what the question I asked him? I said, "What's his most underrated?" It makes me s- like him even more. I said, "What's his most underrated skill?" And he said, "I don't know." So I, didn't have an answer. Yeah, wow. didn't have an answer. So I say that, but I feel like as the number one, asked to be the number one on a team that, I guess, against the Cardinals last time, they didn't go run heavy, but this is a run heavy team, which I just kind of feel myself talking out of De- Debo Samuel. God, man. I think
0: for me it's just the price, though. He's 4K. Like he's so he's so cheap in comparison to like what we need on this slate is someone that's like super solid down there. And he seems like the guy that um, makes the most sense based on the matchup and all of that. Um, So I I like Debo quite a bit. I I think you're barking up the wrong tree. If if you want me to try and play the side of let's just play the highest owned wide receiver on the slate because he's a lock. Like that's not how I play DFS. Like if you guys, um, the weeks where I've had uh, or I've struggled this year is just talking myself out of some of, the best plays at wide receiver. But if it was to go the other way in a tournament, I do think that there's value in fading some of these, uh, these wide receivers that have a larger range of outcomes and, and do kind of get up there in ownership. So what's Debo at right now, as far as his projected ownership, I didn't expect him to be like super popular, but I guess it does make sense.
1: So not surprisingly, Debo Samuel is third right behind Michael Thomas and DJ Moore. So I feel like if we get the official, us. yeah, if you get the official Emmanuel Sanders is out, he might be number one.
0: Yeah, I can see it. That, that's kind of probably what people are waiting for, because again, there's just not a lot of uh, enticing value on this slate.
1: So I want to ask you about number four. You didn't bring him up. Uh, we didn't really touch on it too much, but it is that same game we talked about before with the Saints. And that's Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. We've been playing this game the entire year like, oh, my God, which one do I pick? If somebody tweeted this out, I wish I would have been able. To, it just went by my feed and I saw it while it was working. And then I couldn't find, I don't know, because it wasn't somebody I followed, somebody retweeted it into my timeline, so I couldn't find, find it after that, because I, I didn't remember who retweeted it. But anyway, it was about the Mike Evans, Chris Godwin situation. So here's what I'm going to tell you what the tweet said, and now you tell me how you feel about both of them this week. When behind Mike Evans, more targets, more air yards. When they're up, less air yards, more targets, Chris Godwin. So now Interesting. this game... Does that make you feel like Mike Evans because they should essentially be behind?
0: I don't know. I guess it's like, (laughs) I'm I'm not kidding. I like, I don't have a strong feel for these guys. Like I don't think anyone does. If anyone's telling you that they know exactly when it's the Mike Evans game and exactly when it's the, the Godwin game, I'm sure they're broke because like there's, it's really hard to do uh, to really pick between the two. So that it it has me like at least uh, nervous to play either of them right now, because again, we have these other guys like Julio at the same range, like, uh, I think I would prefer the safety with going to something like that because it hasn't been just, like, one guy gets there and the other guy has, like, a pretty decent game. Like, even, I guess, last week, like, Godwin still got his, like, 13, 14 points on DraftKings. But, like, it's been, like, one guy goes off, the other guy does nothing. And that scares me for these price tags. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I think that, like, what you said makes sense. But Mike Evans is always the guy that I have the hardest time clicking just because he's the higher doc guy. Like, New Orleans is a team that um, they've been – pretty decent against the past this year. Like they do pressure. So anytime a team's going to pressure a lot, it has me a little bit more nervous about the guy that's going to be running down the field a little bit further. So I think if I, if gunned in my head, it, it's still Godwin for me, but that's just going to come off as like the safest answer ever, but that's how I feel.
1: Yeah. The funny thing is their prices dropped on both sites. And Evans' price dropped twice as much on both sides, surprisingly enough. Godwin's dropped by 100, <laughs> Evans dropped by two, and then on Fandle, or no, yeah, Fandle dropped by two, and then Evans dropped by four. <laughs> it's like the same thing the, on both.
0: The Arizona, Arizona effect, I guess. That'll do it.
1: Uh, I guess so. All right. So, because you asked me, my cheap guys, you brought up Debo Samuel. Is there anybody else that we haven't brought up that you're kind of looking at? Or Would you mess around with anybody from Jacksonville with Nick Foles back?
0: Yeah, like I said, I'm a little bit nervous about the pace in that game, and just like uh, I don't see them coming out with with foals and just like slinging the ball around. I get like both these teams like want to slow it down ideally and kind of establish the run a little bit. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I think both, all those guys like there is a potential ceiling for all of them. I guess I think good luck trying to trying to choose 6200s a lot for a guy in, in a high or a lower volume offense, but I mean, one thing about Foles, he's not scared to throw downfield, so I think all these guys are probably okay in tournaments, but if we're just talking cash games, I don't think they're in play. Um, on the value side, it, for me, I think it's Gage and Debo as of now.
1: What about John Brown? I mean, briefly touched on sixty four hundred.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, the matchup's great, right? Against Miami, 6400 6, so, is well, an impressive price tag. I
1: but, don't want to interrupt you on this, but is no, it? No, I want to hear your take no, on it. No, no. You said something. I'm going to ask you a question. Is it The Miami's Dolphins, the Miami's Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins defense the last two weeks has played surprisingly well. Now, it's not the Steelers, it's not the Patriots, it's not a shutdown, but is it? Is it as good as we think it is, or is this just like a two week run potentially by the Dolphins?
0: Yeah, I think anytime you're trying to look at a really small sample of a defense is playing well over the last couple of weeks and get you into trouble, we have a much larger sample of them being terrible. So, uh, yeah, I, I think 6,400 for John Brown, like this is a team that you can beat deep. I like that. I, I have more concerns about Josh Allen um, than John Brown. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's like right there. Like if you're kind of trying to choose between John Brown and Cortland Sutton, I, I think it's probably John Brown for me in, the, in that price range. I, I don't know if uh, – I'll get there because at that point, probably just paying down for GJ Moore for uh about five hundred less on DraftKings. Uh
1: that's is basically the, the same
0: price on still so fan, well, FanDuel, he's fifty nine hundred John Brown. Yeah. So I think on FanDuel he makes way more sense uh to me. But that that's a really cheap price tag for John Brown against Miami on FanDuel. So I might be in on that one.
1: All right, let me throw a couple quick names and we'll get to tight ends quarterbacks. Didn't bring these guys up. Even though it's cash, your boy, the other Brown, the Marquise Brown. Snaps slightly go up. still not quite to where we want. I mean, it's fifty less than 50%. I mean, I see you kind of... Uh, I feel like, is he still tournament only?
0: I think he is, yeah. It just... His his price... Like, against Houston, yeah, it makes some sense, but they're a team that defends the D-pass very well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, yards per route run. Marquise Brown is just smashing. He's, like, not playing as many snaps as we would like, but, like, he seems what like... a guy. Yard yards per route like, like, seven? <laughs> like, okay. four, 4.7 really over
1: the last 4.7? four games. Is it really
0: that's real. that's extremely high for anyone listening. Like that's very high.
1: Like the best, um, like, yeah, the, for anybody listening, to, so you don't have to go looking, uh, you might not even have access because that's usually a premium stat out there. But the the good, like the really good ones are usually like 2.3, 2.4, and let alone to get it like to three, to get to four, I mean, that's insane. I that does a, That's a crazy number.
0: Yeah, so like Michael Thomas, 2.8, Julio Jones, 3.1, John Brown, 2.3. So like these guys that are over like, like you said, like 2.3 or higher. And a lot of times it's some smaller sample guys in there, but it's like all the elite wide receivers in the NFL. And Marquise Brown is sitting at 4.7. That's a um,
1: ridiculous number. I can't get over it. Yeah. That's, uh, all right. Yeah, so, so that's, um, that's pretty crazy. all right. One more name to throw at you. AJ Brown's not back. Tyler Boyd in this matchup.
0: Yeah. Uh, AJ green, you mean, uh, uh I, yeah, I think that
1: what did I say, AJ Brown, he might, he, he's, yeah, on a bye. he's not, on he's brain. not back this week either. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think Boyd is fine. Like, he still feels like just such a floor play to me in this offense. Like, if you just wa- if you watch that game and you just see them just establish the run, like, it's really hard to pull the trigger on these guys. I, I think Auden Tate is still at least uh, somewhat interesting. Uh, he's 4,200. So, like, talking about from a value perspective, I think tournament. Auden Tate makes some sense. Yeah, for, in a tournament, I, I don't think any of these guys are cash
1: plays. All right. So, tight ends. Here we go. No George Kittle. Boom. Off the list. It's kind of ugh. After that, because so I'm going to ask you about the two bigger names right behind them. That's the two. Well, Austin Hooper's off the list, too. So there's only two names really left at the big top. And yes, I am ignoring Zach Ertz because he doesn't deserve to be in this group anymore. The only two left are Mark Andrews and Darren Waller. So here's two questions for you, Joe, for different reasons for these guys. Darren Waller has been quiet over the past couple of games. Hunter Renfro's actually been their best receiver, including Darren Waller, including Tyrell Williams. So how do you feel about Darren Waller against Cincinnati? The other one, Mark Andrews, rebound week, smash week. Surprisingly, I looked this up and this is in the APA column and will probably be a mention over on the site as well with the footballers, is the Houston Texans defense has been pretty dang strong as tight ends this year. So do you pay up for either? <sighs>
0: I love the Waller call um, at 5,500. He's like kind of gotten back to that spot where he seems like he's a decent Reasonably. price point. Like 6,700 on FanDuel might be tougher to get to, but on DraftKings, I think he makes some sense. His weighted opportunity has dropped a ton. Um, like you said, like it's been kind of a little bit of the, the Hunter Renfro show, which is, is interesting. But again, Cincinnati's second worst team in the league at defending tight ends, like behind Arizona. Like it's it's the tails that we're targeting in these matchups and the tight end position is so touchdown driven that I think that Waller... Um, is great. As far as like, if you're going to get up there, I prefer him to Mark Andrews. One thing about Mark Andrews too, and, and we do this, this show earlier in the week, but if you're listening to your content, wherever you get it, reading a bunch of things about it, everyone is saying the same thing. So like last week it was Mark Andrews. It's like, he's not running enough routes. Can't play this guy. That's, that's the time you take a chance on a guy that we know is talented. That is going to see a target share that like, you'll get him at way lower ownership than he should be in a great spot. So like Mark Andrews was a phenomenal tournament play by the end of last week. Um, now people might chase that a little bit. So maybe if you missed it, maybe it's not the time just to kind of lock him in. Houston's been pretty good against tight end. So on the other side of that spectrum. So I think if you're paying up, it's Darren Waller, but what are your thoughts on
1: it? Yeah, I think if you are, but where I'm looking and what you what, call me a sucker, if you will, I, I mean, I'm hundred percent saying, I know this can bite me in the butt, a ton, especially because the matchup isn't that great. But I'm looking at tight end. I'm not, t- I'm not touching Zach Ertz. It was funny. I actually wrote up about Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard and said, you know, you might want to stay away from both if Alshon Jeffrey's out because now you're just going to get additional tension. I kind of am o- okay with Goddard if Jeffrey's out there. But I I looked it up too, and somebody was like, "Oh, I think they're both sneaky plays. Uh, one of them is going to hit." Well, first of all, if you say one of them is going to hit, you can't come with that nonsense. You got to pick the one. Second of all, have you seen what the t- the Patriots have done to tight ends this year? Do you know how many guys have gotten over forty yards? One. Do you know how many guys have scored two? Do you know how many guys have scored double digit points? I think it's one, maybe two, maybe in that other touchdown game. It's been domination against tight ends. I'm not touching either one of them. So that's what I'm saying. I could go there again. Maybe Goddard if Alshon Jeffrey actually plays it's the reverse for that situation you know i'm not touching jared cook because i hate the guy i will never touch him anywhere no matter what it's the other side of this bruce arians finally gave oj howard 90 percent of the snaps on the field more than wide receivers running routes 60% 60% of the time, over 60% of the time, he finally gave him the use. Now, I know it's risky because similar to your argument about the Dolphins, this is only one game versus an entire season of misuse of O.J. Howard. And it's not a great matchup against the Saints. But for the price, I find myself hard not or hard not to buy into O.J. Howard.
0: Yeah, another guy that I've, I've probably talked myself out of too much, um, at least in, in recent well, weeks. But reason. yeah, I mean, his price... Yeah, I mean, his price is, I mean, it's still, I mean, he's he's in a decent um, area where, like, if you're going to take a flyer on a guy, you might as well take a flyer on a guy that you think is is pretty talented. I mean, I actually, I wasn't even going to bring this up, but I think it's a funny story. Someone I was uh, chatting with earlier this week was, was talking about how Jameis used to have issues with his eyes, right? So he was actually in college. They, I think he's, I'm sure he's got contacts and stuff now, but he used to just like kind of like target these big receivers that he sees down the field. And some, maybe he just thinks that OJ Howard is uh, Mike Evans at times <laughs> this year. And that's why he's been getting more targets. So um, I, I think there's some to be said for just these, these big, big athletes that they have on their offense. And, And Howard, I think, I mean, if you wanted to kind of go back to that, I don't think it's completely terrible. You just have to know that the floor uh, is pretty low. But at 3,600, I mean, he's still a guy that's got to be in play. He's not running near the amount of routes that some of these other guys are um, but an uptick in kind of his role, that's something you got to pay attention to at the position for sure. When this is a tough position to peg.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is I, I'm pivoting off from, from Jack Doyle, who, you know, I like a lot, but you know, the Eric Ebron still involved. Eric Ebron had a ton of targets last week, but he Ebron him, of course, because he's Eric Ebron. So anybody else, I mean, him, we could bring. Yeah. You haven't mentioned my guy yet. Hawkinson. Not, not, not.
0: Not no, not Hawkinson, not Noah Fant. Uh, what do you think about Greg Olson this week? Thirty nine hundred. I guess like feel you like I, t- you guys, I thought you were about to say about Mike Gesicki.
1: <laughs> I was like, come on, buddy.
0: Oh god. <laughs> R.I.P. My my Gusecki lineups last week. Uh, I actually don't think it's too it's it's terrible to go back to. him. Maybe we'll bring him up any in tournaments. But Greg Olson massive total. I guess like trying to get as much Carolina this week is kind of what I'm on at this point. He just seems too cheap for a guy that's leading the slate in routes run over the last four games. One hundred thirty nine routes. Um, I think that he's at a spot where his usage has been there. Um, it was kind of only a matter of time before he popped off for a decent game, but his price hasn't moved a ton. So I think that um, he's still a guy that, again, like if you're just trying to stack up this game, like add Greg, Greg Olson to your stack and kind of move on, and, and it allows you to upgrade a little bit at some other position.
1: Well, let me tell, let me ask you a question. I'm getting last week Greg Olson and first three weeks Greg Olson. Am I getting the Greg Olson that was in between who was still getting the opportunities but not catching anything? <laughs> Which Greg Olson am I getting?
0: You're getting one. You're getting one or the other, <laughs> so there's not going to be much. Im- there, it's not going to be much. Imitating. No, I like so, the call. Uh, yeah, Actually, fair, fair he's point.
1: 200 cheaper on Fanduel, but I think well, isn't he? He's that that same 3,000 range, isn't he on DraftKings? Yeah, he's 3,900. 3, yeah. So there's the question yeah. though. He's so. cheaper on Fanduel, but he's more expensive than OJ Howard on DraftKings. Do you still take him over OJ Howard?
0: I think so. I just prefer the game environment in, in that spot. Uh, at Tampa Bay, just there, there's so many mouths to feed there, and I don't know. To, to me, I I think the safety is just like it is really important to me at a position where it's just so hard to grab, like just the targets in general. Um, so I'm just gonna skew towards the bigger total with the guy that has a bigger role.
1: All right, quarterbacks, you are gonna try and smash in Lamar Jackson somewhere? <laughs>
0: It works for the people that did it last week. It's just like, where are you you finding the salary to play Lamar Jackson? I couldn't this week. I did last week, but
1: even going cheap at running back, I still couldn't find it this week.
0: Yeah, like, I don't know. It just like, he's a great play. There's nothing, like, if you're playing season long, like, you're so happy you have Lamar Jackson. And again, like, we talked about him, like, when he was a lot cheaper, like, at the entire beginning of the season, when he was, like, in the mid-6Ks. 7,700 for him. Like, I get it. You're getting kind of like a, a running back at the same time, too, like half the equity of a running back play. So, like, uh, I have no issues with it. It's just, uh, and I think this Houston Baltimore game, like, you, what do you think about the, the ownership in Houston and Baltimore? Because I think we've talked a lot about this Carolina game. Um, I, I'm interested, I think, if this Baltimore and Houston game isn't going to be as popular, though. I don't so know. It's kind of hard. Qu- it's going to be it's a good game to watch. At
1: quarterback, Lamar Jackson's fourth. Deshaun Watson is seventh, which makes me kind of say, hmm, Deshaun Watson, maybe. Like, that's, you know, yeah, we're talking quarterback. When we jump over to the wide receiver, go back to that. We mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, but DeAndre Hopkins is... Where is DeAndre Hopkins? Holy crap, on a stick here. What the heck? Pretty far down. Yes. Whoa. Interesting. DeAndre Hopkins, ownership. I will tell you he is outside the top 20 right now in ownership. Even oh, with that's, that's yeah, especially with Michael Thomas being number one right now, the guys he's alongside of Marvin Jones, Hunter Renfro, Cortland Sutton and Kenny Galladay. Uh, there is your potential tournament smash spot, Hopkins, Walk- Watson, if you can do it.
0: Yeah, that's one that I, I wouldn't have thought would have been that low on. But if people guess, I mean, no, no one wants to still this Baltimore defense, people avoid it no matter what. So I think if that's a spot where we're going to get significantly lower ownership in tournaments, makes some sense. I don't and think any of those guys too. are cash options. Yeah. What have you been doing with it? The, with the, the tight end situation there is something that I've been nothing. kind of avoiding. Yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah. Like, I mean, you can't do, you can't, can't pull the trigger on it, but it's, it's no, but if you want I the guess. trio
1: up that stack, he's 3,800 and 50, 100 for the ownership or se, like, I, I, I think there's still better plays to answer your question.
0: For sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate it though. Um, I, I think that those guys at the top are, are, interesting. Like anytime you get a Hopkins at really low ownership and we're talking about all of the other guys on the slate in his range, well, like, that's you know what else you could
1: do? You could plug in Will Fuller if he's active too. All three of them.
0: <laughs> Is he going to be back? What do we, what do we know about hey, Will Fuller? Cause I got to change he's my He's still
1: 50, 50 as of right now. <laughs> Oh, you got to change your
0: lineup. Do I roll roll the dice in our three man? Just get Will Uh, Fuller back in
1: there. Can you put Will Fuller at all three wide receiver spots? Is that possible? (laughs) I I would win all the money if that was the case. Quarterback, here's here's one I'll give you, and this is like a sneak. Like I don't mind telling you this. He's in my quarterback on almost every single one of my lineups, and he's in the top five. But I don't mind it. I'm going Dak Prescott. Like I just I understand he had those two down games. But if you look at his player for the majority of the season, if you're not getting up to Lamar Jackson and then for the price, I just brought it up and you talk about it. He's still just $100 cheaper than Deshaun Watson, but I like him more in cash than I like Deshaun Watson, but I will go to Deshaun Watson in tournaments over Dak Prescott because of the $100 price difference.
0: Yeah, I mean I have no issues with Dak. He's someone that like this year in particular has been throwing deeper, which I really like. Uh mass I a mean, pretty decent total even on the road. Uh, do you get nervous about these these uh I don't know. I, I guess I can't get too nervous about it. Without with if Stafford doesn't play, like do you think there's gonna be enough back and forth to really have Dak hit value? And you, you mentioned that Amari's probably gonna get the sleigh treatment, so like who would you pair with them as well? Gallop. I guess that's my problem. Gallop. That.
1: Back gallop yeah. all day long, get the savings and get the piece. And I actually am not that concerned because Jeff Driscoll, people don't Jeff Driscoll is just Josh Allen.
0: Oh, I actually like Jeff Driscoll quite a bit, actually. So I'm not even trying to it. you know,
1: now. who the most popular quarterback is. It's not Jeff Driscoll.
0: Should mm, be obvious. It's gotta be. Uh, Kyle Allen.
1: By a wide margin. Yeah, it's
0: gotta be. I mean, he's a great, he's a great play. And we've talked about everyone on his team. Like if yeah, the quarterback at that point has to be at least in play, Yeah, right? we're
1: bringing them all uh, up. I mean, you kind of have to
0: anybody else. I think he's popular because of the savings too, though. Right. Because Kyle Allen's 4,700 on DraftKings. That does a lot. Sorry. That's Brandon yeah. Allen. Uh, 5,300, still a really nice price tag for him. Um, so I think that that's probably not as nice
1: at Jeff Driscoll at 4,600.
0: I'm kind of in on Jeff Driscoll.
1: Actually, <laughs> this guy runs a bit
0: like that's what says, uh, Josh Allen. The matchup against Dallas, like high tempo. Like I, I actually, I, I'm interested in, in him. Like I have him projected for like 18 or so rushing yards. Like he's, He's kind of like the little bit of the the Ryan Fitzpatrick type play, to where like if it goes terribly wrong, like you're going to look really dumb. But uh, like last week, even like in, in a game where he only threw one touchdown, he still no, got so like
1: almost. To your points. point about Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm going to bring up something that D'Angelo Williams said on the show that I do with him is when you're the backup quarterback, you don't care because you're playing with house money. So to your point, even if it goes belly up, you could just be the Blake Bortles, like who, he's just going to keep throwing it. He's not going to stop. He's not going to be like he's got good yeah, weapons, man. yeah. Jeff Driscoll.
0: I think that's part of it too. Slate like, breaker. There's, there's the weapons that you have there. Like it, they, they're not going to, I mean, they can help him not fail, I guess is what you're saying. And so I, I think that, um, like, am I going anywhere near Galladay, Marvin Jones, those guys like probably not. But I, I think that Driscoll at 4,600 just opens up so much on the slate. Like <laughs> he's so much cheaper than any of these other guys we've talked about at the position. Drisco- Even last, Driscoll, week 4, 4, last week, he Driscoll, Galladay,
1: stack. Do it.
0: Yeah. Change, changing my lineup again. Now I got to get Driscoll in. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for doing that.
1: Defenses.
0: People are going to have no idea what my lineup is now, though, because I've said that Well, no, that's times. why we I do it at the changes. end of the show.
1: By the way, Chris is not here, and I finally remembered to do defenses before the end. That's a, there you go, Chris.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he, remind, he reminds you of it like every yeah, single Yeah, do you week. want to
1: uh, – hey, without even looking – well, you can't look at it because I'm looking at it, and you're looking at all your spreadsheets. Uh, do you want to guess who the projected highest-owned defense is?
0: oh let's see san francisco's gotta be up there i'm gonna say san San francisco's way down Uh, people
1: are legitimately scared of the arizona cardinals now
0: that makes no sense to me um i don't know i guess i'm kind of uh, i'm stumped on that one i I was gonna say i was was actually pretty locked into them for um higher ownership are people just gonna jam in the patriots for 5k no one's got salary nobody's
1: got the patriots Uh, Patriots are actually higher (laughs) they are higher owned than the 49ers as are right now that's crazy that's crazy. No, I'm, I'm stumped. The Oakland it? Raiders. Again. Yeah. Really? Oakland Ra- Against Cincy. Yeah. People just think Cincy's terrible. They, and, but so see you just sense. said it. They don't pressure. You though. just said it. They think. And this is also one of the things where, you know, are we overrating a defense on match? This is the reverse of the Tyler Eifert against the Arizona Cardinals. It's like, how far do you take a matchup where the Elkin Raiders aren't among the top five, even they're not at the high adjusted sack rate? Yes, the offensive line is miserable, but as we just saw at the same time, like you know, they might just run the ball 7,000 times.
0: Yeah, like the Raiders are like never a team that I'm really on because they, they don't pressure at all. They're like, uh, I mean, Sports Info Solutions, they have some awesome pressure data over there as well. Uh, they, they're just like always either middle of the pack or below average in pressure rate like these games. Like, I don't know. I, I think that, yeah, if you're just targeting a really poor offensive line, that makes some sense. I, I don't know. I'm not so much on uh, that train this week, though. I, I, I don't really love a, a ton of...
1: Sack rate
0: guys yeah so that that's just not a play that i really ever make uh, what do you think about washington on like the cheaper side of things they, they've got to be pretty popular too right against the uh Jets.
1: they're not popular enough um, so i'm happy with that they're, they're like hey. eighth and at defense it was just similar to the quarterback it's relatively flat usually i'm in on that because it's sam Darnold, sam Darnold might see ghosts any given week as we know we could tell you, you joke about it, but this week even if he doesn't he's turnover prone i mean this is the Josh Allen, although the bigger thing here is, you know, Josh Allen can run and run for himself. Sam Darnold doesn't run that much, and he still has the same issues of potentially he's Jameis Winston without the four hundred yard games. Sam Darnold's like the perfect one to go against.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I think that anytime you can target that guy, it makes a ton of sense from uh, trying to pick your defense. You know sure. who Sam Darnold uh, is? So I'm in on that. I, uh,
1: he's gonna be. It's gonna be like that. You remember the Scooby Doo and they rip off the mask and they're like, "Oh, it was." Groundskeeper Willie, the whole time, or whoever it is—I know that's from Simpsons—but anyway, they're going to rip off the mask and be like, "Oh, look, Eli Manny's still in New York; he's just on this team."
0: <laughs> that is completely absurd. It. <laughs> it's true, though. Uh,
1: tell me, yeah. tell me this: if you found out today Eli Manning had been playing the entire season for the Jets, you'd be like, "Well, that makes sense."
0: Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess exactly. I can see that. He just take, takes his mask off. It's, oh God. Uh, yeah, no one would. No one would be surprised. Would I think.
1: You roll out. Here's what I think is the funniest one of all of them. The Miami Dolphins defense is the third highest ownership.
0: Good lord, that makes sense. No, I mean, what what's their price though? Because I mean, is 25 that twenty five and thirty six? No, they're that not. The,
1: uh, that's not even to answer your question. Before you even ask it, that's not the min. Is fifteen hundred for Arizona against San Francisco?
0: I mean, I like that play considerably more than paying uh, an extra thousand five hundred for yeah. Miami. Yeah, I mean, Arizona, at least we know they're going to pressure. I mean, at that point, like, they're a team that, like, again, let's not forget, like, they played San Francisco pretty well last time these two teams played. Like, there is some injuries for San Francisco. Um, yeah, I am I have no issues, actually, with paying all the way down for Arizona at 1500 Like, this is a slate where that can go a long way. Um I think we've mentioned that probably a hundred times on this podcast, but you guys will understand <laughs> as soon as we start building – Lineups that you just can't make these teams that you're picturing in your head right now. So that's a spot where we're
1: No, and do you know who, what defense is $600 cheaper that I would still risk just at this point? I know there's no... But I'm just $600 cheaper. i just roll out the bangles against the Raiders. I'm not touching a defense for just because... I don't know. I don't understand. I want somebody... I wish we had somebody to come on the show and be like, this is why I'm playing the Dolphins.
0: I don't understand that ownership. Like there was a couple last week too where I was just like that makes no sense to me, but that's that's one that's uh
1: a don't tough fall style, into I that trap, people. Please don't. Let's talk tournaments. Let's get to it and let's actually see You down with GPP? Would you would you touch them in tournament? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Not, not, with not, the third, highest ownership. not for me.
0: <laughs> Yeah, there's no way. I, don't, I think that that's a, that's a really tough side right, for
1: me. running back tournament or anybody that we haven't brought. I, oh, I told you I was going to bring him up. I'll do it first. Kenyon Drake. Yeah, So Kenyon Drake destroys this team. First game ever played. Now, you can have the counter argument and say, off week for San Francisco, short week, didn't have time to plan for who Kenyon Drake was. Wasn't expecting Kenyon Drake to touch the ball that much with David Johnson back there. Now going into this game for his price is still very low. The 49ers have been more vulnerable, but they're still not. Is there any way you're heading towards Drake?
0: No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. At 5,400, like we just talked about how we have Josh Hill on the slate for some volume that we can project there. I just, I was, I had to scroll pretty far down to even get to Kenyon Drake on my sheet here. So um, really low total. San Francisco, not a defense I'm really just actively targeting. I don't know. Did, did you like what you saw from Kenyon Drake even last week, like when DJ was in? I know DJ was really struggling, but uh, Kenyon Drake didn't do a ton last week either, did he? I don't know. I didn't watch that game. It very wasn't
1: that great, but I mean, it was better than anything. Was better than how David Johnson looked, which is sad. He looks hurt, oh, right? Like he's got. He's be hurt, right? if anybody hasn't seen the clip where he gets the ball and runs and then just walks to the offensive line and just basically stood there i, I just i feel yeah. bad for him i know you're a huge fan i'm a huge fan anybody who's followed us know we are huge fans i just shut him down for next year please because he's not going anywhere the dead cap hit is like 12 million dollars he's on this team next year just shut the dude down all right so let me throw out a couple names you just i'm gonna throw out three and you tell me if you do like any of them for a tournament we didn't bring up devin singletary and bounce back potential performance. The snap count was still there. Two thirds of the snaps, sixty six point seven. Obviously, it's what we talked about last week, and I compared it to Matt Forte in his prime. Is you worry about the vultures? So, are you t- are you looking at Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott against Detroit? Who, if you want to pay up and get the pivot that nobody's taking right now, is Ezekiel Elliott, and what has been you know a subpar year for him? Or let's bring up another one you might want to pay for with a eight hundred dollar price drop on DraftKings, a five hundred dollar price drop. On FanDuel, Alvin Kamara. So I gave you one cheap and two yeah, studs. So Kim-
0: yeah, so so Singletary, he's six K. It seems like yeah, he, he at some point he's going to pop off. I think he's a really talented guy. Um, he's someone that like has been seeing like enough work through the air that like this matchup against Miami, like even if you think that he's not going to get anywhere near some of these other guys in terms of his touches, like it wouldn't be surprising to see him have a really efficient game um, and kind of have a. Few big plays. I think that's interesting. Camara at seven thousand four hundred. Um, I if this is the game where Kamara goes nuts, I'm probably not going to be there for it um, just, it, I have a really hard time attacking Tampa Bay in that way. Like I, I don't care about matchups as much as most people, but I do care about like, again, like the, the very drastic end of the spectrum. So, um, targeting Tampa Bay and again, they're good against the run, but they're also very strong at defending running backs in the passing game as well. So, um, not so much on Camara, um, at that price tag. I think that, um, getting up a little bit to any of these other guys at the top end to make more sense, but from a tournament spot, like you'll get him at the lowest ownership of any of those guys for sure. What was the last guy you
1: mentioned? Uh, It was Kamara Singletary and Ezekiel Elliott.
0: Oh, Zeke. Yeah.
1: Zeke is a guy like I'm just
0: kind of uh, moving directly past in my head right now. Maybe that's kind of a mistake. Like he's someone that it's like the usage hasn't been like what we Um, we had kind of become accustomed to with that. But like, I think that the passing game is going to be like you said, Dak and um, Dak and Gallup. I don't know if that that ends up being chalky. I'd be surprised, but the Zeke side of this, this is a game that I think is going to have a lot of plays. If you can get this Dallas and Detroit game, right. I think that you'll be in a really good spot. So, um, yeah, I think he's he's fine but at that point. I think I prefer Dalvin Cook in that range like um, by a pretty considerable margin. What What's the ownership difference on Cook versus Elliott? Right uh,
1: now? You had to do that right after I moved to wide receiver, didn't you? You did that perfectly <laughs> timed. There. Dalvin bad. Cook is fourth. Yeah. Zeke is seventh. Okay.
0: Interesting. I don't hate that. Um, I, I still think that Dalvin Cook, Cook's
1: the play, though. 12%, Zeke, eight. So...
0: I mean, both, it cooks actually 12%. I thought it would have been higher than that. That's interesting. Uh, it's
1: still time. People are going to start, as you said, they listen to the a lot time. of stuff and things will move up. All right. Anybody before I ask you some wide receiver names?
0: Uh, no, that was, that was pretty much it for me. What what do you have uh, on your mind, uh, at least a wide receiver? We talked about a lot of guys I feel like at the top end. I think we talked about all of them at the top yeah. end. So who are some other guys you're kind of looking well, at? So all turn?
1: these guys I'm going to bring up because they're right now outside the top 35. So that's, you know, thinking tournament wise there. So we already talked Kenny Galladay outside the top 35. If you kind of want to go to that game, I don't understand why he's that low. The Dallas defense started off amazing. It's still pretty strong, but it's not, I think a lot of that might be skewed from last week and how bad Stefan Diggs did in that entire game as a whole. But uh, we talked about him. So let me go up two spots against Buffalo. Devontae Parker Complete People are just off him this week.
0: Yeah, people are off him. Davis uh, White so treatment. he's 4,700. Yeah, that that's the concern. Uh, that's kind of what I was, uh, that that would obviously make me want to go back to my boy. Gusecki, um but i mean just looking at the numbers like still parker like yeah, i get that some of the sample is when he did at preston williams there but he's still sitting relatively strong in some of these uh these opportunity metrics so i think that he's he's probably a guy like on the cheaper end if you landed on him at lower ownership it, not the worst thing in the world but again at, at wide receiver team total is massively important like you're not going to get that from miami so that's just like lowering the lowering the floor and probably lowering the ceiling as well so um, at that same range, I, I, I was kind of expecting you to bring this guy up, but Mohamed Sanu at fifty one hundred. Do you have any thoughts about him against Philly? Like I know you mentioned uh, Edelman before, but I, I kind of like Sanu for sure.
1: I for tournament wise, only because he's up inside the top ten. It's kind of am yeah, is he? Oh, I didn't realize he was and that That's kind of why I was going to circle back for more of like, is he a better cash play? But I don't even like that because it's the Patriots. What if this is a Dorsett game? And I know Sanu and his usage, and part of the reason he was on the field so much with the Falcons is because he can block, but it's the Patriots. I go back to, I trust Julian Edelman, the end. And James White, that's about it. But I don't <laughs> want, James White just has such a capped ceiling outside one game this year that I just, I don't really ever touch him in DFS.
0: Yeah, I think that that's, that's totally fair. Like they're tournament only because we still have no idea week to week, like who's going to be the guy Edelman's like the constant, like we know what his role is going to be. I guess on the other side of that game, do you have any interest in Alshon at 4,800? His opportunity has actually been relatively strong. Uh Philly does have a, a pretty strong offensive line as well. So maybe they hold up uh New England's pass rush a little bit. Uh he seems like he's just too cheap in that range for like a guy that does have a, a pretty massive role no, in so, that offense. I don't I don't hate I don't zero, hate
1: him. Zero I not I, for you. You, I, you hate Alshon. No, I hate I, I hate wide receiver blank facing Stefan Gilmore. That's what I hate. Like I, I know you Fair. you. See that's that's stuff I don't pay as much
0: attention to as you because because I don't I don't think there's as much value in the wide receiver stuff. But again, the tails. If you think that that's someone that you would just completely avoid, like I'll, I'll kind of defer to well, you. Well, it's that
1: Gilmore, one. and also Alshon Jeffrey missed so he's not one hundred percent. Even if he plays, he's not one hundred percent. And I want Alshon Jeffrey one hundred percent now. So I, when you say the matchup stuff, I don't go as far as like, oh Jenkins has been you know in the past he's been one of the best corners. He's been playing better of late. I'm not that scared. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, he's kind of in that range where it might make me flip a coin. He's good enough so I'm, I'm saying i agree with you generally because i think people can get way too caught up on that but when you're talking about the three or four elites and i would put white as we just saw what he did to odell beckham with double digit targets and still kept them in check it wasn't a terrible game for odell beckham but it wasn't a good one and you're talking about gilmore who gilmore is just dominating you throw out anybody and good names against him and he's just shutting people down and part of it's the defense he plays for too so that's why but how about i'll throw two back at you against the 49ers nobody is owning Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald this weekend I think Larry Fitzgerald is completely off period right like we just had his best game and it wasn't even startable in DFS
0: yeah I think if there's one guy on that side of the ball it's again it's Christian Kirk I'm not going not going to Drake not going to Fitz uh Christian Kirk's my dude 5700 again like if you're just looking at some of the stuff that really matters he's if you look past the matchup, he's still a really interesting play. And like, after you just had this massive game, he's going to be like, what sub 5% owned. Like, can you even like, I don't know what he's at right now, but I would be shocked if he's, he's very high. So I think that's an interesting one. Let me ask you this though, like talking about a bad matchup, let's pivot to another. Yeah. So pivot to a guy that maybe the matchup's fine, but the quarterback situation. So Terry McLaurin at 5,600, uh, from a tournament perspective, like this guy is is so talented. He's facing the Jets who just can't defend the deep ball. What do you think about McLaurin? 5,600, 5,500 on FanDuel is kind of what I was kind of zoned into. His price on FanDuel is pretty egregious. So
1: 100% with you until projected ownership. 9% eighth on the board. Really?
0: Man, I'm like missing on ownership today. I guess it's early. No, I mean, it's week, early he is it's
1: behind Chris Godwin in front of Julian Edelman, Julio Jones, Sanu, Samuel, Dee. Your boy, Marquise Brown, Jameson people, Crowder on the other side of the ball. His projected ownership is almost double Jameson Crowder on the other side of the ball. It's just... Yeah, that's And, and I love... People know this. I love Dwayne Haskins. For 2020 and beyond, mm-hmm. I thought Terry McLaurin was going to break out in 2020 when they started playing together. I was not expecting this, and I'm happy to see this. I'm a big Terry McLaurin fan too. But Dwayne Haskins is not ready right now, and no fault of his. He's very inexperienced coming from college. But that offensive line is going to do him no favors either. I. For if you, I'm a hundred, and I said that I'm a hundred percent with you. If Terry McLaurin was two percent owned, if he was down by the Will Fuller's and Devontae Parkers and the Cortland Suttons, and for the price that you're talking about, but you're going to put him inside the top ten? Nope.
0: Yeah, no chance. I, I was picturing him being much lower owned than that. So um, hopefully, that's something that goes down throughout the week. But we need the savings. So I guess, uh, I guess I'll kind of uh, defer to the the experts on the ownership when it yeah, comes to crazy. that. But we'll see.
1: Tight ends? Any tournament plays for you?
0: Uh, yeah, I guess I'm still trying to figure out how owned Greg Olson's going to be, but he's still the one that, that kind of pops to me. Uh, my boy, Noah Fant at 3,700, terrible matchup against Minnesota. So if we're talking about tournaments, I don't think people are going to play Fant ridiculously low team total. Like we mentioned with, the with some of the other Denver guys, but still running a ton of routes, like has some ceiling. So I'm, I always want to mention him when it comes to tournament plays, um, I guess, like, do you think no one's going to play Jack Doyle because of hap- what happened with Ebron? I, I don't I don't hate the Ebron play either, like 5,200 on FanDuel, 36 on DraftKings. Like, I guess I don't love that game in general. So I, I, I'm going to try and be underweight on that game overall. Um, but for me, I think it's still some of the main guys we talked about, like Darren Waller in a pretty smash spot. Um, and then I still think that uh, that Greg Olson at 3,900 is really so interesting So Eric Ebron's
1: fifth. About? Jack Doyle's way down at 15th. So there you go. Mm-hmm. There's your there's your easy pivot right there. Uh, I'm with you. I, I really have nothing more to really add to their of position. I got one more CNN? guy if you really want to go off the board. Uh, yeah. Ross
0: Dwelly? Uh, what do you think of 31? 30... No, no. So I, I maybe maybe I'm a little bit biased. I watched this entire game last week. Uh, Irv Smith. Big Irv! So he's 3,100. Yeah, but like he had six targets in back-to-back weeks, like the f- ceiling's probably not great, but he also has two red zone targets in back-to-back weeks. So he like he has a role. Um so I think he's interesting. Like played a decent amount of snaps last week too. Like the only reason I brought him up is because he's kind of right in that range with like Ebron, Goddard, Howard in terms of routes yeah. run. So I Actually, don't think that Er Ir- Irv Smith is terrible at thirty one hundred. No. Like he's significantly cheaper than some of these other I'm guys. A, I'm a big
1: fan of Big Irv. Anybody that knows in selfish promotion here, which I do all the time, but you know, over at the athletic, I talk about it in the waiver columns because when Adam Thielen went down, I said he could essentially do what we were talking about with Noah Fant and George Kittle and all these tight ends has become the number two receiver because that's really what he is. He's not that great of a blocker. He's in that Evan Ingram type of mold and all that type of stuff. So I'm with you. I don't I don't mind the big Irv call. Any quarterbacks before we talk stacks.
0: Yeah. Who haven't we touched? I, I think that again, we, we talked a, no, not for me, <laughs> not Never even Tom against Brady. Philly, uh, not even with like a zero,
1: almost ownership.
0: He's too expensive, man. That's he's he's 6,200. I guess. Yeah. in tournaments, if you, if you hit on the right stack with Tom Brady, it could work out. Um, I, I probably They're right be behind him. What about I, I think Ryan? that it like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I, I think that, Those are two guys that I never play. So you you would probably have a better take when it comes to (laughs) Brady and Ryan. Like these guys just, these guys don't, don't, they don't run. Like there's just, I think the ceiling is there if they hit their 300 and three touchdowns, but if they don't, you're completely buried. And in a smaller field tournament that I'm playing, I don't take those type of chances. I guess if I'm going to take a chance, it's going to be for an extremely cheap guy that will run a little bit. Is this smaller uh, size tournaments or is this DFS
1: for the rest of us, Joe? Come on. The rest of us, DFS, but DFS for the rest of us. If you want to cheer for Tom
0: Brady, <laughs> knock yourself if out. If you're
1: playing in the multi hundred thousand dollar, not hundred thousand, entries with all the rest of the people, not Tom Brady. I'll throw a Matt Ryan, Julio Jones stack together. You know that. That's fair. Very and fair. Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Nobody wants I mean, Calvin that's Ridley. I got so many questions. He's just in seasonal. Like, how do you have Calvin Ridley as the number two, as, as a number two wide receiver? Like who else is Matt Ryan throwing the ball to if they're throwing in this game?
0: I don't even like Calvin Ridley, but I, I think he's a really good buy low this week if people want to um, go that route. I mean, he's significant. If you have a, a team where you can't get to Julio and maybe you, you don't have uh, Hill, like he's an interesting pivot. All right,
1: so I'll give you one more who's behind Ryan Finley and Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo in the same game. Kyler Murray, you're all over that for 1% ownership, aren't you?
0: I love Kyler, but uh, this is a really tough spot to get there. But in tournaments, yeah. I mean, this is someone that... Um, I, I probably have a little bit of blinders for this kid, but I do think that he, anytime you get him at super low ownership, he's, he has that ceiling potential to just break the slate. Like he could kind of approach some of these other guys we're mentioning, um, like Deshaun Watson, like Dak for, um, a lot lower ownership and you get a nice price discount with him too. Like, uh, there's really only a couple guys on the slate that you can kind of, uh, put in the same category. Um, when he's using his legs. So, yeah, I like Kyler a decent amount. I haven't really considered him, but I think he's fine.
1: All right, so let's wrap things up. Some stack attack and lineups, since we have no Chris. Stack attack. Stack attack. Oh, wait, but guess what, Chris? You're not here. We're doing it without you. DFS Battle Royale. Because I do have a mini stack in my DFS Battle Royale uh and I will go first. Two, I, I think it's kinda obvious. That's why. My two stacks, if I'm going towards them, is Dallas and Atlanta. That's where I'm going for stacks.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I think you give give me your team first. I want you to go first because I'm I like to leverage off of your team if there's one spot that I'm still trying to right, fill so, uh,
1: in. All right. You ready? So Dak at quarterback. Uh, I am. I don't think you're going to have a lot of this. I, I, this might be the first one. You tell me when I'm done. I'm curious if you own one single player from this team. So actually you might, uh, we'll see. Dak Prescott, Brian Hill, Joe Mixon. (laughs) I'll wait for that face. Julio Jones, Cortland Sutton, Michael Gallup, OJ Howard, Dalvin Cook, and the Redskins defense.
0: I own two players from that's, your lineup that's more than I in thought. my spot, but actually, probably not the probably not the ones you're you're thinking even. So, I guess um, like the call with with Dak
1: yeah, Sutton and Redskins. It.
0: No, but I did consider Sutton very heavily. I went a, a slightly different route, but I did play the Redskins, so that's Brian one. Uh, I'll give you one more guess on the last one. Nope, didn't play Ryan right.
1: Hill. That's got to be go ahead.
0: All right, so Kyle, my stack: Kyle Allen, Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore and Greg Ooh, Olson I like going to bring it back with your boy Julio. Uh, so I'm like big time stacking up that Carolina game this week. Um, but um, at the running back position, like I said, Chris McCaffrey, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to play Tevin Coleman this week in my lineup. And if I, it goes terribly wrong. I'm going to you. You know what the best you. part is uh, right now? As of Fournette. right
1: now, I don't, oh my God, I got a cramp. Hold on.
0: So a- anyone that missed that just now, because I'm sure we're going to edit that part out. Uh, Jake literally got out of his chair because he got a hamstring cramp, as I mentioned, the name Tavin Coleman. So if that's not a reason to to stay on this guy this week, <laughs> oh. I, I don't know what else is. But but uh, yeah, I am going to go Fournette um, as well. He seems like too cheap on FanDuel, in particular, 7,200. So I like that. Um, Terry McLaurin at wide receiver. So I actually... As far as the correlation goes, playing McLaurin and Washington defense probably wasn't the best, but I, I like the idea of McLaurin at 5,500 on Fanville it seems like extremely cheap um, for him. I think if you wanted to try and get up to Sutton, you could make a few things work in this team for sure. Uh, but I like the I like the Julio bring back. You talked me into that one a little bit, so maybe that's one that I'll end up on um, at the when all is said and done. But that main Carolina game stack is something that I really wanted to yeah. This
1: week. Hey, i love the fact that as of right now you have tevin coleman that i don't it might change by sunday but it's not awesome. the best and so is a hamstring cramp oh you know what before we get out of here by the way podcast 10 percent off get you into dfs pass at joe hoagler at jake seeley no at not at jake seeley at oh, all in kid i don't even know what i'm talking about that hamstring cramp has got me all screwed up i did want to bring. we didn't mention this guy at all and you just made me think of it with terry mclaurin in a tournament you Darius Geis, first game back. I I, I got to assume you can't touch that, right? No okay.
0: chance. And if anyone wants to see me shake their head, definitely check that out on YouTube. I might leave in the hamstring poll <laughs> on YouTube. If I do, uh, that's that's where, that's where you'll
1: find it. How sad it. is that? Doing a podcast, a hamstring poll, I like you, is a cramp. Po- I'll, put it in sl- I'll put it in slow-mo and everything. Oh, this, I, this is going to be gold. It is gold to make sure you're following both of us. Chris Meaney, too, at Chris Meaney. He'll be back next week after his excursions and adventures and whatever the heck. I don't know. I don't know what he does. He just does way too many things. But as I said a million times at Joe Holka on Instagram as well, at Olin kid on Instagram as well. Hopefully you do well in week 11 better than I do with my hamstring. Goodbye, everybody.
0: Good Lord.